I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers, and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider. Tonight, we're going to preview round eight of the 2020 fantasy season. This episode is brought to you by FC Cincinnati Olympicos! Why score from open play when you can score from a corner? Uh, wait, no, 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 sorry. Uh, no, I mean, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Mr. Michael Denton and Mr. Blaine Riffle. How are you fellas doing tonight? Doing well. Good. Uh, happy to have you on, of course, as usual. Happy to have everyone in chat with us. Uh, hello, Patrick, Ryan, Charles. That's everyone who's who said something right now. Uh, thanks for joining us, those of you who are with us tonight, to talk about this September double game week of Palooza. Holy cow. Holy cow. This week is wild. Are you guys ready for it? I don't know that we could ever be ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you ever be ready for something like this? Well, that answer, friends, is yes, if you listen to the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast. Uh, at least we hope. We hope we're giving you all the tools that you have to be ready. So let's start out by talking about round seven, as we do always. A little bit of a of a review of takeaways and scores from this past week. How did you all do, Blaine? I got an 84 this week. I'm not going to complain a whole lot. Um, I kind of talked on the podcast last week, and I went ahead and listened to everybody and subbed out Valeri when I saw he wasn't starting, and that one backfired on me. Um, and I went ahead and followed through with Crylock over Ladero, um, and that one backfired as well. But having Jonathan Lewis and Ryan Hollingshead on the bench really played out well. I threw caution to the wind when I saw the first few scores come up. I didn't like where I was at, so I did not keep Zobex five. Normally, I would take a five on the first first game of a keeper reel. I left it on room and got the full nine on that one, which really, really helped. And because I threw caution into the wind, I went ahead and put Zardes as my captain at the last minute. I kind of had it on Pozuelo. Ended up with an extra point out of that. Just a single point, but every little bit helps when you're trying to make Champions League. And so I overall not bad. A couple of panic moves. Like I saw Hollings had three, so I brought in Jovan Jones and was able to dump Mavinga when I saw he wasn't playing and take a pretty solid defensive score this week. Uh, I'll take an 84. I'm a, I figured up I'm about 15, 20 points off of the Champions League spot right now. And that's easy to make up ground, especially when you've got two players that really hit it out of the park. And that's where most of the guys ahead of me got their points from. I'll give a quick uh, moment just to say hello to Felix Morin in chat, who is currently sitting at number one on the overall table. Saw him uh, mention some, some tweets today and uh, while he is overall number one he is still second in one of his head-to-head -head leagues and that's because head-to-head -head leagues are amazing and if you're not playing them you should so welcome thanks for joining us felix mike uh well while we're shouting out people i'm trying to pull up to see who got the um 
I think the MLS guys got number one overall for this week. Oh, nice. Um, the top week score. So uh, he was looking for a shout out for extra time. So we'll give him a shout out here. There we go. Extra time doesn't cover fantasy. And I'm going to, I want to rant about that before I get to my week, which was terrible. And we'll go into that. We created a champions league format for one purpose and one purpose purpose alone to give the people at extra time an excuse to promote it because Andrew Weeby, for some reason, needs an excuse to promote his own product. They did absolutely nothing. It's a waste of time. I am tired of Ben Bear and James Ballow force-feeding these stupid gimmick formats on us to encourage promotion and then MLS not following up promotion. Get rid of them. Let's just have overall, get rid of the Champions League. It was a waste of time. It was a waste of money. Take that money, put it to where it can actually encourage fans to actually join the game since you're not going to promote it let's do something else let's stop wasting our time with all these gimmicks it was dumb from the start and you didn't even follow through the promotion i'm tired of it i don't want to hear anything more about we're going to make these changes in order to encourage promotion you've had plenty of opportunity to do it and you didn't do it just had to point that out i'm tired of it anyway my team was terrible this week uh, out of the f- players I had, I had to make six, at least six swaps, maybe seven, uh, for players that just didn't show up in lineups. It absolutely got on my team. I didn't respond well. I, I should have dropped Blake and freed up some more cash to make swaps, uh, but I stubbornly held in for the Philly clean sheet that didn't happen. Um, pretty much everything went wrong. Um, let's see. Let's kind of go through. Uh, did I had Morris on the bench? That's ten million wasted. Rossi didn't do anything. K. Legit, um, Duncan. Uh, as much as I enjoyed the Olympicos for a new, as a New York <laughs> City fan, as a fantasy fan, it crushed my clean sheet and cost me there. So, other than Tider, Captain, and Priz, uh, and Real, which was one of the few substitutions I made that worked out, uh, it was kind of a rough week for me. But uh, yeah, so ended up with uh, seventy-three points, pretty much done as far as the Champions League go. I would assume. Uh, unless I get some sort of miraculous score here. But, uh, yeah, so ug- ugly week for me. Hoping I can rebound this week. Uh, yeah, that's kind of rough. Uh, 70 is like that that weird point. I feel like if you're scoring in the 70s and you're in one of these big leagues, it's like uh, 70 is basically the new zero. I don't know. Because uh, <laughs> I just feel so disappointed with it myself sometimes. I got 84. No, sorry, I got 82 this week. Blaine had the 84. Uh, so I'm right with you, Patrick, with, with getting an 82. Uh, it's not a, not a, not a bad score. Uh, the average was 32.7, but the average is pretty screwy because of, of COVID this year. So that's not reliable at all, but I got 82, my midfield, as I was talking to Blaine at the beginning of the, of the show, I had Pozuelo, I had Titer, I had Rusnak, I had, um, Paolo, and then I swapped in Galvin from uh colorado or i i don't know i did something i had valeri and i made a swap i forget what i did because i the the important part of this comment is that i got rid of valeri when he wasn't starting and then uh he did amazing in a second game so we'll talk some about that shortly later but of these guys pozuelo got a nine tider got 18 because he was my captain rusnet got an eight paolo got a 10 any other week that would have been a very respectable midfield score but when you have Valeri going off and Ladero going off like I did not having one of them that that sort of put a damper on it and my defense did did, did fine I mean Mensa got a 10 I did have Duncan I, I I was swayed by you Mike and I and I ran with him against Cincinnati which 
I'm okay with that. Uh, Room got a nine for me. I had Hollingshead on my bench who came in with a seven. So my defense was fine for most weeks, but my forwards completely let me down. Josie Altadora and Jordan Morris did nothing for me at all. So I was really let down by my forwards this week. Uh, but 82, I'm back on top in the FC Cincinnati uh, league. So that's that's really what I'm looking at this year. Uh, and that's and that's a lot of fun. So um, saw some scores in chat. We had lots of people who were around that, uh, the low 90s and then the, the mid to upper 80s. So if you hit in a score range in that area, 80s and 90s, I imagine you probably saw some increase in your rank unless you were right there on the top. Um, I think I called you Felix a second ago. Maybe it's Flix. You have a weird symbol in your in your name, man. But uh, our overall number one player got 101 points this week. So, yeah, 90s, you weren't too far off right there. Uh, Charles got 104, uh, 92 from Shannon. So, yeah, lots of great scores that we're seeing in the chat. The MLS Fantasy Insider community, the Patreon community. You guys are rocking it, and I am so happy to see those scores. I love it when, when you all beat me. Like, we had have interactions on Twitter with people who were like, hey, here's our head-to-head. I have interactions with, with people on Twitter like, hey, I'm, I'm almost winning in this. Like, I love it. I love it when you guys do well. I love it when, like, Andrew, who was on the show this last year, comes back to me and is like, I got 50 points coming off my bench. I'm like, it's great. I absolutely love it. So, you guys, I'm so happy that you all did well. Uh, let's talk about just general takeaways from this week because it, it was a strange week. And I know, Blaine, there is one particular... I don't know if stat is the right word or there's a bit of information that you are just eager to share. Yeah, it's a, I'm, I would call it a stat. Uh, this was a week of road warriors. Um, 10 of the 14 weekend games got a road result, tie or win. And it looks like 11 of the 16 games this round were a road result, which is unheard of in MLS. Um, we're, we've always been home games all the way, never take a road player. Um, you can take road players all you want to this year. Um, so many solid results on the road. Um, I don't know. A lot of my big scores this week came on the road. It's just, I, I'm still kind of shocked by how well that went for everybody. Um, just way too many road games and road results, but that I like it. Every, everybody's on the table. Um, I'm not even looking at home and away anymore. As I pick my lineup, I'm looking at team and I don't know the travel, the travel thing, traveling in for the day and getting to play and going home doesn't seem to be affecting the guys. Um, don't know what, what else there. Um, Patrick just said empty stadiums pretty much negates a true home advantage, which I can, I can definitely see that. I thought it would be balanced out with the travel schedules, but apparently not. And, yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking 100% at what the matchups are, rather than where they're being played because it doesn't seem to matter this year. Yeah, I like Ryan's stat. Uh, it's down this year from a 42 43% advantage to a 20% advantage. And we even had when we had Andrew on last week with us as well. He said normally you were looking at a 1.5 points uh, difference, a multiplier with uh, an average double game week, and that's completely different this this year as well. Uh, Mike, any takeaways from you? Um, I, I I don't know if I have a takeaway yet, but I mean, I think the biggest thing that happened was what we mentioned about Portland was, uh, I mean, you're not going to have that scenario where you have, you know, two games, you know, basically the same game twice, and then you sub out. But I mean, you know, if I guess it's trying to figure out whether or not the right strategy is to keep them in for the second game. 
um, if you see rotation in the first game. Um, I've kind of been on both ends of that and chosen wrongly both times. Earlier in the season, I left Nani in. Come to find out he had an injury. He didn't play, or he got one point, burned me. So this time, I was like, okay, I don't see Valeri. I know he's in the 18, but um, you know, I just can't risk it. I don't know if they're going to rotate him twice, just make sure he's full and rested for Seattle or, or what exactly they're going to do. Um, and, you know, obviously he played and scored a, a huge game. So I think that's kind of something to watch is to see how rotations, obviously this year is so weird with rotations and so many teams having the schedule crunch. It's really kind of hard to predict um, when you have backs to backs um, like, like Portland does, but that's just kind of something, an observation that that's going to be a strategy you're going to have to think about. Yeah, I think you have a great point there, Blaine, about rotations. And I know we've touched on some of this for, for those of you who, who listen regularly, but if you're new, especially, um, I, I think you're spot on. You don't need to be as knee-jerk reaction to swapping out a guy because he's not in that first game. For me, I swapped out Valeri because I knew they were playing San Jose in the second game, and I was thinking back to round six when San Jose did a heavy rotation at the beginning, then they played pretty much their A-team at the second game and they did much better and while they didn't win they were i think they had a 0-0 draw or something it was a much lower score and so i was concerned that portland would have faced a tougher game against san jose even though we like to bet against san jose but i was concerned that that would be the tougher game which was not true uh, and that's why i swapped valeri but but absolutely i think the the big takeaway for the remainder of this season and maybe even next season it'll be interesting to see how and if this changes when we have regular games under our belts, but uh, there, there does not need to be a fear to leave a player in because this new double game week system is, is friendly to that. I love it. I absolutely love this because this adds a huge strategic element to the game, which I know a lot of people have complained about over the years about the game losing this. And Mike, I think you, you touch on it. That is... I think it's strategy. Maybe some others just call it luck or whatever, but the the decision, it, it at least is a decision element to decide, do I want to bet on this player doing well in one game or what am I taking from that? So I, I think that's a, a great element that this system adds and I'm and, so happy to see it. And I, I'll say I let the... I let you guys sway me last week. I jumped on the bandwagon of Dump Valeri if he doesn't play the first game. But I know I called it out on the podcast and said, if he sits for the first game, I expect him to play the second game. I didn't listen to my own, my gut on that one. But like I, I remember saying that when there's some other teams like that, like awful for Columbus. If you've got him set for that second game and he sits the first one, he gets that regular rotation throughout the year. We see it every year with him. He'll sit for a game and then he'll come back. And there has been some of that. It's really knowing the teams and their rotation pattern. Uh, Zellerion is a guy, unlike Valeri, that I will not trust. If he sits the first game, I'm going to assume he's injured and sit for the second game as well. And I'm not willing to take that risk because they've done that. But a guy like Valeri, we know they're managing his minutes. If he sits that first game, you can pretty much bet he's going to play the second one because he hasn't been picking up the injuries this year. I mean, you're still risking that. They've got some undisclosed injury that's keeping him out of that first leg, but his rotation schedule is pretty well known and documented at this point, and you can bank on that. Other guys, if you see them sitting, you may have to worry about it a little bit more. So it, it really is knowing the teams and their rotation pattern, but if you can figure that out, you can really bank on those second games, and sometimes that's the matchup you want 
And if you see them sit the first game, you know they're not a rotation risk for the second game. Yeah, and that's and that's the strategic element that I identify from this is understanding the teams and how the rotations work or even looking at the future and seeing what games uh, are to come to find out when a rotation might happen and how to respond to that. So, no, I, I think you do say it very well, Blaine. Uh, a few other take... One... Go, ahead. No, go ahead. I'll just add one thing. I think the other thing about this season is that you need to know that ahead of time. You, right now, you're not having time to be like, okay, this guy, like Valeri's, like, let me go hop into Discord and ask somebody and kind of have a conversation. Because generally, you've got 15 minutes with the way these lineups are coming out. They're not releasing them an mm -hmm. hour before. You kind of have to do it quick and, and, and make sure. So kind of having a plan ahead of time, I think that's part of my, was my problem last week um, strategically. I didn't have a good enough plan to be like, all right, if I get, if Portland rotates everyone, I'm going to do this, this, and this to free up money, money, maybe bring in Pozuelo instead of Valeri. Cause that's, that's where I'm, one of my big mistakes was because I had invested money in Blake. I didn't have money to invest um, in Pozuelo, which is probably the change I should have made. And I kept making mistakes on going on down the line because I didn't make that first change. So you've got to have a plan ahead of time. Yep. Uh, a few other takeaways that I will mention before we move on uh, is uh there were some red cards this week that we're going to be talking about. Some of those players have served out their suspension from the double game week. Some of those players have a question mark if they've subbed out their suspension due to the double game week or if they're going to get any more games added. So what I'm getting at is we're going to name some players who got a red card in round seven. Keep an eye on them if you're considering one of those players. Uh, and there were some. There was at least one stupid red card that that just in that montreal game oh my gosh with camacho it, the the knee punch it was it was ridiculous mm -hmm. if you listen to extra time they talked about that a lot it was it was ridiculous um we had a conversation last week about ladero versus paolo and andrew had said always paolo and this week it was definitely the ladero show two pks not going to be uh, the the norm for those two players but but clearly i think the stat was ladero has made 14 of 14 regular season pks so i mean he is clearly on pk duty pks ladero is greater than paolo uh, but i still agree with andrew that i think paolo is better in the general open field stats that you look for there so um next atlanta are trash so we have with that. There's just nothing. Yeah, there's just nothing redeeming for me about Atlanta at this time. Uh, sorry, Patrick. And uh, also, want to mention the takeaway: Columbus's lineup. Um, Columbus did not have Zellerion. They started Pedro Santos, and when Zellerion is in, they have him as that central playmaker. And they, I think, they try to do a like for like swap earlier in the season, maybe during the MLS's back cup with Pedro Santos, and it didn't work out as well. Uh, this week, they sort of ran a 4-4-2 and had Zardes and Pedro Santos up top. And I believe Pedro Santos scored, but it worked. It, it was not the Columbus got the win. Columbus is still doing amazing things. So keep an eye on that Columbus lineup. If Zellariana is still out, just see how they're going to play because uh, that could that could influence you when you want to start up. I guess that's a, that's a generic 
thing I guess you could say keep it on a lineup that's kind of a stupid comment but I think for Columbus it's important because without Zellerian it, it changes a fundamental way it looks like it's going to change a fundamental way they're going to even line up and play and that and that should have an impact on the value you put on your players because Pedro Santos is not a bad fantasy player he had some great value in the past and so he is not a bad option likely a candidate at times for our like bench our our boomer bus players that we started talking about last week so pay attention to that LA Galaxy had some late subs they brought on Giovanni Dos Santos and Chicharito late in their loss to Colorado lost to Colorado is that it was um Mm -hmm. yes I mentioned that because I think they were clearly getting some rest for this week and then when it all just did not go as planned, clearly they brought them on early. I, I, so there could be some time splitting. Maybe they'll sit out some point this week. But uh, I think that – I don't know if that was the plan. Maybe it was the plan. I don't know if that was the plan for, for LA Galaxy, but they did have to bring that on, and it didn't help as much as they would probably hope. Again, a red card is uh, something they were dealing with as well. But uh, there were some late subs, and we were just talking about rotations. Uh, then also the Portland Shuffle. All of that, it's, it's so much – Saw some more of the chat. It totally depends on the players. Totally depends on red cards. There's so many elements that go into into these rotations, but uh, we did see a lot of it this week, so you can build that knowledge that we have. And you guys already covered my my final question, which was, do you have faith in road teams? And I think that's a resounding yes. We can have faith in road teams. Uh, did I miss anything else that you guys want to mention or chat? Is there Are there any other takeaways from round seven that are important. I mean, I know like Elise was traded and, and we have some other news coming up for round eight, but just a general fantasy takeaways, Mike Blaine, did I miss anything in chat? Is there anything you want to make sure we talk about? I'm just going to maybe push back a little bit on the road sure. issue. One of the reasons I think that there hasn't been as much um, issues with the road team is because they have been kind of smaller travel. Um, that is going to change. Like we're going to see Orlando make a West Coast swing for reasons I, I have no idea. I don't understand why they're making West Coast swings right now, but they are. So we're going to see more teams kind of do more travel. Um, there's also some more weirder stuff, which we'll get into the schedule, um, with the, especially with the Canadian teams and what is home and what is road for them. But um, yeah, I, I think the part of the reason MLS travel is so much worse compared to other teams is because generally it's longer travel and with the way mls set up these pods it's mostly just kind of short little jumps so even though you have a flight early in the morning it's not as bad as you know flying from montreal to vancouver the one area where we had like a massive road travel was montreal to philadelphia and they lost by three goals so they they were smashed for sure no that's a good that's a very good point i have often wished i had the free time to sort of go back to at least the beginning of phase three of fantasy and and sort of do a study of results versus miles traveled and things like that that that's uh a a very uh difficult element that the the mls has to deal with compared to other leagues like especially in england i mean you're gonna hop in a bus and drive an hour or two maybe around to get to most places when here we're three hours on a plane ride multiple time zones you're landing jet lag all this kind of craziness stuff so uh no i've often wished i had time to do something like that because i just think it would be fun um another one i have for you is don't sleep on dallas i know we talked about them early Mm -hmm. on in the season being a young team they're sitting near the top of the western conference standings i i haven't really gotten to watch them play a whole lot but i got to watch them play against sporting um 
not a not quite the same defensive powerhouse we've come to expect from them, but they've got a lot of uh, decent pieces and a lot of decent options. And Frank O'Hara is a legit forward candidate. He's played, I think he's started five games now, and he has four goals and five starts. And his numbers, he's got, he got a two in his first game. He got a one-point sub, and he got a two as another 90-minute performance. But everything else has been a seven or higher. Um, just one of those names to keep on your radar. And I know Andrew last week, talked about teams with speed that can get behind being uh, really exploiting uh, LAFC. Kansas City is another team that can be exploited with speed over the top. And Hara got it, and he took advantage of it against Kansas City. So that's just a name to keep out there. Um, definitely could be flying under the radar a little bit, so I'm going to throw him out there. It's just an option given the weeks. But Dallas looks pretty good right now. And they've got guys scoring fantasy points all over. It's just, can you catch the right one in the right week? All right. Uh, JoJo mentioned, he said TFC is sucking. Uh, but I think, Mike, you covered that. Just the weird schedule that, that the Canadian teams have, have had. That, But they're definitely not probably doing as well as we would hope they would at times, especially uh, with, with Josie right there. All right. I think the fact that they've had a forward issues, I mean, oh, yeah. Akinola kind of just came back healthy. Um, Josie, I think, has been struggling to get healthy. Um, also, they've been underperforming their expected goals, which maybe is kind of a, a symptom of the fact that your normal clinical goal scorers are not yeah. on the field. Oh, for sure. Trying to score with Pozuelo. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not too worried about Toronto, but um, – the names we keep going to for Toronto keep putting up decent scores. Yeah. I mean, Paz, Paz has got a four and a five in his last four games, but he's also got a nine and a 14 in there. And I think a couple of those were double game weeks. So the lower one doesn't even matter again, or it doesn't count against him. So you just, you got to know your players that you're picking and whether TFC is doing well or doing poorly, he's always getting some decent points. We have we have arguments in chat with Ryan Anderson saying that TFC uh, is popped into his number one in the power rankings this week. So we'll see. Uh, we'll definitely see how that is. Uh, we'll check out our player recommendations and see where Toronto lines up at. Let's move on to our housekeeping section before we get there. Uh, round eight before we get there to player picks. I mean. Round eight starts on September 23rd. That is this coming Wednesday, regardless of what day you're listening to this podcast. Of course, unless it's Thursday. Uh, and that is, uh, starts on round 9.23, ends on 9.27. Round nine starts, nobody knows. The games just disappear. There's nothing on MLSsoccer.com. There's nothing in fantasy. The schedule after round eight has not been loaded. I don't know if it's even been created. I don't know what's going on. Up is down, left is right, soccer is football, who knows. But the uh, round nine is not there. If I had to guess, based on the pattern that we've been getting with this post-COVID MLS is back era, uh, games weeks tend to start on Wednesday. So I am just working under the assumption that round nine is going to start on September 30th. So take that as you will but round eight starts on september 23rd which is this wednesday so be sure you have your teams locked and ready because every team has a double game week let me let me say that again so that people in the back can hear it every team has a double game week sorry 
low budget sound effects. Uh, no, it's massive. This is not a uh, everybody on Wednesday is going to play. Well, it is. It, everybody on Wednesday who plays is going to have a double game week, and that's everybody. Every team is playing, and then every team is playing again. It is the most ridiculous double game week ever. It is crazy, and it's going to be a nightmare for anyone trying to work on switcheroos or keeperoos or anything. So everybody has a double game week. Here are the teams who have a double home game week for whatever that's worth at this point. New York City FC, Chicago, Nashville, Colorado, and LAFC. The teams with a double away game this week are Houston, Montreal, Orlando, and Seattle. They miss all the, they miss any Mike? Get all those? I think you, I think you got them all. There we go. Mike double checks it all. So, that's what you need to be planning about if you're trying to bet on rotations, if you're trying to think about last week. Unfortunately, you can't look into round nine for what those rotations might be planning for because we don't know what's there yet. But with hope, that will get added in before Wednesday. Uh, as we mentioned before, a few players did get a red card. Uh, Rudy Camacho got a red. Brian Acosta got a red. Uh, Jan Gregus got a red. Julian Araujo got a red. And then Romel Kyoto got a red card. Uh, I know Kyotos was in the second game, so he for sure will not be playing with Montreal. I believe Arajos was also in the second game. I yes. don't remember the other ones. I know Camacho was in the first game, but he may get an, another game. Uh, so we'll see. A little little knee punch like that will do it. But, Mike? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I would be concerned about a three-game suspension for uh, Camacho total. I, I would suspect he's not playing in this double game week. You know, just don't know that for sure, but that would be what I would bet. Um, I also let's see. Did we mention Beckerman uh, and Acosta as red cards as well? I mentioned I Acosta. Did Goose. not did not get Beckerman. No, I missed that one. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't think you're picking Beckerman up on your no. fantasy team, but something to keep in mind. Um, and then I also have warnings because yellow card accumulation warnings are a thing again. Ooh. Um, uh, I have Justin Glad, Alejandro Bedoya, and Kinda and Busio. Um, now, granted, those I don't know how up to date. You know, just checked it this morning. Um, uh, maybe there are some more people who get added on to yellow card warning. Do you have something, Mike? Busio suspended game one. He picked up number five this weekend. Okay. There we go. There we Bam. Go. You know, if if James or Ben are still listening, uh, maybe you missed Mike's rant. But if you are listening, I think if we're thinking about, this is an early thought for a 2021 season, if there was some way to have uh, the interface track that for us. So either if there was a, a home landing page or if there was a second little section, maybe a left side menu or something on the uh, the actual player selection page to may maybe list yellow cards, red cards, that kind of thing. That would be awesome if we could have a little quick reference to who's who got a red which we kind of get when the player's not available, but it would be kind of nice to be like, last week, red cards, yellow running yellow card total, that kind of thing. That would be kind of cool if we were able to do something like that. There we go. We'll see. Just just a wish list. Uh, any other kinds of injury news to update us with, Mike? Um, someone was pointing, uh, mentioning in chat that Brian Rodriguez for LAFC, rumors about him going to Torino are heating up. Um I haven't been able to like track that down with a verified source, but that's something to keep in mind. Um, Elise's transfer is now official. Um, so he is now out of Houston. He's on his way to Portugal. 
as far as players coming in, Gonzalo Higuain is official yeah. to Miami. Um, he is listed as a 10.5 midfielder. I don't know whether we'll see him in this double game week. Um, he has to quarantine for a period of time, which I think will probably prevent him from training this week. So I think this week is going to be too early for him, but maybe keep keep tabs on that because we all know the league is not necessarily the strictest when it comes to star players. <laughs> so I was going to ask this question when we got to the midfielder section, but uh, I'm going to ask it right now. I know a lot of people, I know Skylar made a tweet that was like, welcome to my fantasy team, Higuain. And I get it. A lot of people are probably going to go that way. And I'm not going to fault you if you want to go that way. But here's the question. Is Higuain a Zlatan level player? By that I mean, is he a player that regardless of who is around him, he will be able to produce and score and be that difference maker that they need, and more importantly, that fantasy point generator that we want? Or is he a player who really needs more of those pieces feeding him to help that production? Because if it's needing the pieces, there's a question mark there with Miami. If he's going to come in there and do Zlatan things, then it doesn't matter who he's with. He could go to Cincinnati and be okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll speak up first. I'm an Argentina fan, so I've watched Iguain play a lot. Um, he He needs the supporting pieces. He really does. But I look at the lineup they're running. I look at Shea playing on the left with that wicked left foot in the cross. Um, Lewis Morgan has looked pretty good out there. And then Pizarro behind him, Matuidi behind that. Um, Depending on what their left back situation is with Ben Sweat, I see a lot of potential for service here from some some names we know, either coming over from Europe or just coming out of MLS. Breck Shea. yeah, uh, yeah, no, I love it. Like, uh, we can we can have a whole conversation on Breck Shea, but no, I like I like Breck Shea playing as a left midfielder, giving service to Iguain. I really do. I've been I've been a Shea fan for quite a while. I think he's massively underperformed. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to oversell him, but if you're wanting somebody that can give service and and provide balls for a guy like Iguain. Shea is a good candidate for it. Um, I think the service is going to be there. I don't think Iguain is going to be as Latan where he can just go do it all by himself. But I think given the right service, uh, he will have some really good numbers this year. And I can see him being an instant add to any team with the way Miami has been playing more recently. All right. Well, that is a good takeaway. So since we are talking about players, unless there's anything else you guys want to add or chat, any other news? To You, you mentioned Rodriguez, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, chat, anything else that we missed or anything else you guys want to add that is relevant before we go on to our player picks? All right. Hearing none, let's move on to our player picks. Okay. Uh, again, monster double game week. Really interested in what you guys have to say. Uh, I've run some numbers as well based on the, the scoring already to kind of get an idea of who's scoring at home, who's conceding, and all that kind of jazz. But uh, there are still some positions for me that I struggled with, and one of them for me is keepers. And so I'm really interested in your guys' take on that. So 
Who do you all like for keepers and defenders? Blaine. Uh, this was tough this week. I kind of went all over the place as I was looking at this. It, and I started looking at um, Otteroos, Switcheroos, whatever I could do. And I'm just I'm struggling to find matchups in the, those first games that I can take advantage of the Aroos the way I want to. So I kind of shotgunned out some options, some cheaper options, um, just given the way things are playing. I have no idea for a keeper at this point. I've got two goalkeepers in my lineup right now. Um, I've got Robles in there on the bench, and I've got Joe Willis for Nashville as my second one. I really like that Nashville versus DC game as a potential clean sheet chance, um, and that's going to be hard to do. But then you've got Robles playing against Red Bull at home in that first game. And Miami's defense has been pretty solid. So I'm kind of torn between those two games. I'm going to end up settling on one of those. And honestly, I may just sacrifice the Aru this week because you'd be looking at, I mean, to see both of those kickoffs, I'm not going to see a full game. I mean, you could throw in whoever Dallas runs out there because Mauer is back. By the way, we missed that on injury news. Uh, Mauer is back in goal or did for the second game for Dallas. So Zobek may not get the starts anymore. Um, you're going to see about an hour of a game before you have to make a, a lock in a lineup. See half a game. So if you've got somebody you like that they're playing well, or if you see them give up a goal, you can immediately switch. But I'm looking at um, Robles and Willis right now as my two. And since I'm on the Nashville train, I've got Dave Romney in there as well. I, I do kind of like that DC matchup. And then I was talking him up. I've got Breck Shea in there. Um, I like – well, I like uh, if I'm going to go look at Miami's defense, he's playing as a winger right now, or he's playing as a wide mid out of position. He's getting some decent numbers. Sure, he's had yeah. some good games. Like um, an out of position defender is always a hot commodity. And I think he is a, a solid shot. If you're looking at the clean sheet, um, might as well see what happens here. If Iguain's playing, that makes his value go up even more. I doubt Iguain plays, but that's that. And then I'm, Kind of looking, I've got Andrew Farrell and Lawless Abubakar in there as well, just as kind of Otteru options. Um, I think both of those matchups are pretty good. New England's going to play Montreal without Kyoto for that first game, which could be really good for them. And then Abubakar's got uh, San Jose in the first game, and he's been an aerial threat with the way San Jose's giving up goals to everybody. Um, I just I see a lot of potential there, so the, I just kind of shotgun some guys in. Uh, probably going to have two defenders on my bench in an Aru situation just to see because the lineup or the timeline just does not match up for a lot of uh, game night tinkering and making adjustments on the fly. All right, Mike, who are you looking at? So I have um, Matt Turner in goal. Um, I think matchups against Montreal and especially Montreal without Kyoto. So it pretty much just leaves Tider by himself. Um, I kind of wonder if Tider might get rotated that game since it is on turf. Uh, and they, they're probably missing Kyoto and Camacho anyway. Um, so I, I like that matchup. Uh, and then DC's had trouble scoring uh, pretty much all year. So kind of looking at it that way, I thought was the best two defensive games, uh, pretty much anyone in the league. Um so I also have Farrell for New England. I looked at Butner, uh, but for a little two two million cheaper, I thought the production was comparable. So I went with Farrell. Uh, other defenders I have, I have um, Segura from LAFC. Um, 
two home games, Vancouver and San Jose, they've both struggled. Uh, I know Vancouver has been hot of late. I think they've won three or four, um, but their competition hasn't been the best. Um, they've had some red card helps uh, in the middle of that uh, scenario with uh, Beckerman and Camacho. So I don't know quite how much noise is in that, but um, so I'll, I'll take the, the two home teams against the, or two home games against struggling teams. Uh, then I, I'm going to ride Duncan again. Uh, Red Bulls have been defensive. They got unlucky this week. Uh, maybe they need to work on their Olympico uh, defending. But other than that, um, I think they'll, they'll be okay. Miami um, doesn't have Higuain yet. Uh, and I know Miami has been producing, but one, they don't have the, – this is their first cross-country trip. Um, oh, excuse me. Well, actually, Miami's at home. Sorry. Um, one of the things we forgot to mention on the schedule – sorry, I was looking at – Duncan, uh, Montreal, and we we should mention Vancouver has a home quote unquote game against Portland, but it's being played at Portland, so it's really a home game for both Portland and Vancouver because that's Vancouver's new base and Portland's obviously still in Portland. Uh, Montreal, on the other hand, is going to be at Red Bull Arena, so Montreal is the away team listed at Red Bull Arena, but even though it's their home team, so. It's a weird scenario. Anyway, uh, I like Duncan uh, this week with all that weird stuff that Montreal is going to be having to do with, with red cards and all that. Um, I kind of like Duncan in that scenario. And then on the bench, I have Real for our uh, Philadelphia Union. Um, he's on the bench because he hasn't um, been a consistent starter, but we saw this past weekend against Montreal, he was able to get some assists and get some kind of offensive production. So I have him on the bench to kind of see if he can get that. And then um, Philly is playing against Cincinnati in their first game, Miami in the second game. Um, that seems like a decent shout for a clean sh- sheet if he starts. Um, if not, I'll have to swap out. Those are some good some good ones. Uh, you guys have a lot of the same thoughts that I have. Uh, right now, for, for me, it's it's been a price. I, I looked at Turner as well. I thought I like what I've seen. I like that matchup. I like Turner. Uh I was, I was also sort of thinking about LAFC as well because they play Vancouver and then they're also playing San Jose, but there's they haven't been keeping the clean sheets. They have some value there. There's there's a question mark there, and I would I would in any other week where I had some more flexibility with a keeperu, that is exactly what I would do. Is I would mm-hmm. I would roll with LAFC, especially if I had them in the first game to see that score, uh, and then and then. Flex, flex that one. But for me, I ended up trying to just save money. So I am looking at Luis Robles right now. Uh, 6.1, betting against New York Red Bulls is what I'm doing. And then uh, the question mark about what's going to happen with Miami at home. I don't know that's there. But I'm mostly betting on that Red Bulls game that they can do something there. In general, though, I kind of don't care. This is the position that I throw off. I mean, a lot of the keepers end up getting very similar scores. I mean, we were talking great things about our keepers this week who got nine points. But if you go and look at the points from last week, you had a handful of the keepers that had nine. You had several other ones that had seven, and then you had a few for five. So, I mean, there's there's very small fluctuations there with points with the keepers compared to the other positions. No one's going to be captaining a keeper. So I, I view the keeper as the position that if you just want to go with one and you don't want to worry about it, just go with a budget guy right there. That's what you can do. And Robles is quality. So I end up going with Robles. You guys already get a shout out to the majority of the names that I was going to point out. I like New England. Uh, I agree with chat. I like New England. I like 
Um, Dallas. I like both of those two teams. I don't have any Dallas players in my team right now. Again, that's sort of a budget situation, um, but I could swap around. Uh, I do have Butner. Uh, maybe I will downgrade to Farrell because I do like him as well to try to save some money uh, to get a little bit more flexibility. I also like Romney. Uh, I think he is enhanced in his quality being with Zimmerman, and uh, that price point of 6.4 is fantastic. And the double home game against ADC team that I like Maybe Houston. Uh, Houston's got some some chops, even without Elise, but uh, it's mostly that DC game. And then I agree with you, Mike. I have Real on my team right now because he seems to be the cheapest way into the the Philadelphia defense, and I am still totally okay with betting against FC Cincinnati um, for Philadelphia. Originally, I had uh, Embiazzo in there, but he's seven point seven. Real is seven. And uh, I'm going to see what happens. That might be one that I move. I also have Tinnerholm right now on my team. And again, that is because I am, over the last couple of years, just become a huge Tinnerholm fan when I'm looking for an offensive defender. Um, he bombs in the crosses, routinely gets assists, lots of numbers there. They're playing against Toronto at the beginning, which... Um, we had our Toronto discussion a little bit earlier. It may not be the best matchup for New York City. I know they've had their struggles, but uh, Tanner Holm is still a quality player. But the next week, they're going to be uh, playing FC Cincinnati on Saturday. So that's a kind of a quick turnaround. But they're playing FC Cincinnati. I don't have a lot of confidence in FC Cincinnati's ability to score open goals. I don't think Harrison, Harrison Madunian is going to curl one in from the corner and bend it like Beckham against new york city <laughs> again uh so i kind of like those chances and i like tanner holm and he's uh he's nine so that could be another spot where i try to save some money uh others that we've seen in chat i mean people are talking about zimmerman people are talking about vines uh people are betting against dc united people are betting against that so that's a lot of where people's minds are uh picking up new england players because dc has struggled picking up la players because san jose and vancouver struggle so i think people are on the right track here uh -huh. Reed, I've got to ask you because you're here and then chat can chime in. Why is everybody so high on Dallas? Dallas is six games running without a clean sheet. I know in this format we tend to go clean sheet hunting. Mm -hmm. Just, because I, Dallas is playing Atlanta and I will ask you to go back to the beginning of the show where Atlanta is trash. Yeah. I, I think it, Dallas's defense is still okay. Um, they have people like uh, Hollingshead and like Ziegler who have been getting offensive points as well and so against Atlanta you have a decent shot at a clean sheet since they've struggled offensively when they've gotten rid of everybody or they're injured um, and they have some offensive potential right there as well going down to the second game you're going against Orlando who do, did do pretty well with, with scoring but um, a little bit of travel right there see how that turns out but that that's why I'm okay with with dallas but like i said they're not in my team this week yeah yet if i i would yeah. probably look at hollingshead my is he's usually my go-to go-to dallas guy yeah no i set you up for a quick bonus points answer because their average is actually looked up i was i was checking on it because i'm like why but um without those clean sheets ziegler's still rocking a six something uh five eight nine average um hedges has a four and hollings has hollingshead has a four seven five I mean, that's a pretty good bonus point run there. The reason why I'm a little concerned is I look at Atlanta's last few games. 
and they've only been shut out once in their last six. I think they're finding ways to score or the games are just that lopsided that they get one back. I don't know that they've been playing the strongest of teams, but I just I don't think this is a clean sheet hunt. But I think the bonus points are there. I would just everybody's on it and I just kinda of thought it was a good spot for discussion on that because Dallas on paper just doesn't look as strong. Yeah, so the the numbers I have has FC Dallas in sort of the top third, near the bottom of the top third, but in the top third of teams that are good at not conceding at home. Uh, Technically, Cincinnati and Columbus have not conceded at home, so they are the best teams, but um, Cincinnati's an interesting one for me there. But um, Dallas has kind of been that top third of teams who have a pretty decent defense at home and then when they're on the road they're they're in the middle of the pack uh, as far as Mm -hmm. conceding on the road but i mean they're they're right there with new england we're conceding on the road a little bit better than toronto a little bit worse than vancouver of all teams um a little bit worse than dc united but it's it's okay and i'm like i'm banking more on the bonus point chance and the struggles of Atlanta than I necessarily am on the quality yeah. of and DC. Ryan, Ryan's coming through for us again. His stats analysis has Dallas at a 50% clean sheet chance, which is pretty good. Um, Jojo asked and Felix answered, is Ziegler still taking PKs for Dallas? And the answer yes. is yes. Um, there's just, and then Holling's head playing on that playing out wide gets forward a lot so chat's coming through for us too i just think it's an interesting discussion dallas when you're not hunting clean sheets maybe one of your safest options on defense to get some decent points i just thought it was a good discussion to have oh for sure let's move on to midfielders mike who do you have all right so i have start off with quintero um from houston uh he missed a penalty last week but so was able to get a good score um he's been a pretty consistent producer and at 8.2 i think he's probably one of the best values for his price uh then i have kevin molino um since he's come back from injury uh he's been really really strong um he's got matchups um obviously the columbus matchup is a little tough but you're never really quite sure which columbus you're going to get uh and then rsl has been giving up goals uh, and yeah, every game when Molino has been starting since uh, COVID comes back, if he plays like more than 45 minutes, 13, 15, 10. Um, so he, he's a little bit of a rotation risk, but that's kind of one of those players kind of with Blaine's head. No, I'm not even going to look at his lineup. As long as he's in the 18 for the first game, I'm going to keep him in because he's been rotated a, a lot coming back. Um, then I have uh, Mark Anthony K. Uh, again, at Vancouver and San Jose, um, San Jose, you know, if this was a normal season, would be on a record-breaking pace for goals allowed. Um, so you, even with all of the struggles that LAFC have, I, I really like them to get some goals. Uh, and then I have Diego Valeri. Um, I wish he was going to play more of the Vancouver game, but I sort of suspect he'll pull, start the Portland game, excuse me, the game against Seattle and then rotate for Vancouver, but we'll see. Um, even so, he's been so good um, when he's in there. Uh, I feel like I can't leave him out. <laughs> uh, and then I have um, Bassett on the bench. Uh, he's $9 million. Um, he's been, uh, other than the two he got in the first half of last week, he got a 10 the second half. Uh, and then Colorado, that first game, is a matchup against San Jose. Uh, and 
it's really tough to find consistent producers uh, in Col from Colorado, fantasy-wise. Uh, and Bassett is the best ticket I have into what I suspect might be a gold bonanza at home against the Stranger <laughs> San <Jose> team. <laughs> Blaine. Yeah, um, Mike's got a lot of mine already. Um, I've got to go with somebody for LASC. Right now it's on K because Blessing hasn't been playing or putting up the numbers. Um, but given the Rodriguez change, Blessing may get to come back in and play on the wing, depending on, depends on how they line things up. But I think you want some LASC coverage here. Vancouver and San Jose are two teams that they can take advantage of. I've still got Pozuelo in there. He's just, his average is so good. I, I can't not have him in there. I kind of want to see the New York City lineup, if I'm going to keep him or not. But he's in there. Um, and then Molino and Valeri, for the same reasons Mike said, I just, these guys are really strong. And then I've got Bassett on the bench as well. Uh, Colorado's playing San Jose and Kansas City. And Colorado's got the speed to exploit Kansas City. So I think they can get something done there. I am toying with another name, though. So I have to throw this out there because if I drop Pozuelo, I'm actually really considering Madran for Chicago. And I know that's a name we haven't talked about much this year, but with uh, that's on the second game more than it is the first. Um, Houston hasn't been the strongest defensive team, but I really expect Chicago to pick Atlanta apart here. And Madran has been one of the key playmakers for Chicago going forward. And I think if you want to go Chicago, if you like that matchup, which I really do, I'm really tempted just to put him in there instead of Pozuelo and see what happens. I think he's going to get something done this week. And Chicago has been one of the teams that have been underperforming uh, their expected goals. Like I think last week they had almost four expected goals and only one goal. Um, so kind of one of those weird situations. Um, Chicago is probably better than their record, um, especially kind of where they've been located. They've been playing, I think, tougher games than some of the other teams. Uh, and so expanding their opportunities to get games like against Houston uh, might be exactly what that team needs. Um, I mean, they, they came re really close to beating Columbus, not last I, – I guess it was last week the, or the week before, um, and then just blew it late. Um, th they're a team that's like on the cusp. It's just a question of whether or not they get it done this week. And, and Madran, Madran is 10.4. He's a little bit expensive – for a flyer you know like he, he's had like decent runs but you're having you're not that having that explosive when you have so many other guys at that price who are a little bit more proven that's why it was tough for me to pick him up but i'm definitely looking at him uh what's your thought what are your thoughts guys on atuesta versus k has atuesta been playing that much i i honestly have not been watching the lafc games um, pulling up stats on both of the guys right now. Um, I mean, he he's got fifty five minutes over the last two games. Well, he he had uh, an injury during the MLS's back tournament, I believe, because mm -hmm. he he was starting out like he usually. I mean, he was the big points go to last year. Um, he's he's not been playing as much. He's he uh, so he's not been getting those points. And I think that's the concern about Atlanta this year. It, if the Seattle game's any indication, he got three points over 45 minutes. Yeah, That's not terrible because he had to pick up two bonus points somewhere else. If, if you pick him up, yeah, Ryan confirms he's, he's just got back. So he played 
He played the last two games just as a sub, so if you're going with Atuesta, you're you're hoping on the return of form on someone who's just come back from an injury. If he starts in the way he plays, I think his bonus points are there. I think he's got the better floor. I just don't know that you could take him over K or even Blessing if Blessing's going to start too. Sure. I think there's some other guys that have a higher ceiling and this is not the game where we're looking for floors with the new double game week scoring and all of that. Just, until I see him back in form, I can't take him. Yeah, he's an interesting pick. Uh, might be a good uh, bench option to to with our new segment coming up. Um, as far as I am concerned, we're a lot on the same page. I like Bassett. I like him enough to have him in my starting lineup. Valeri because Valeri things. Quintero because Quintero things. Uh, no, I like I like that matchup with Quintero with Elise gone. I, I think he's going to be the natural go-to person right there and he's been having great production for us already uh valeri he's a guy that i have even more confidence now that if uh if he's going to be not traveling for this not really this faux vancouver home game and uh even if he does sit out the seattle game that i I have confidence that he will have a good score likely not gonna make him a captain but uh confidence in a good score have bassett I have Paolo on my team. It's a price consideration right now, uh, but I also think he does have good production. Uh, we, Ryan was commenting on that as well in chat when we were talking about it. Uh, he likes Ladero's underlying numbers, and I can't blame you. If anyone wants to go with Ladero, I, I can't blame you. He's almost $14 million, and uh, for other positions I have, that's, that's too much. I could probably cut down on some of my defense. If I was going to cut anything for Ladero, I would either need to not run three forwards or... Uh, scale back on some defense if I can find cheaper defenders. So for me, I'm looking at Paolo right now and hoping that there aren't like 27 PKs for Seattle this week. Um, other than that, you guys named some some good ones uh, for, for consideration. The LAFC game is intriguing for me. I don't have any LAFC coverage right now, and that's partly because their midfielders have not been what I would call reliable for producing that that those fantasy points at Atuesta has been injured. Uh, Blessing hasn't been getting some of the minutes. Blessing was a very interesting option, especially during the MLS's back tournament uh, for where he was put, what his price was and what he was, his production was. Um, but uh, right now I don't have any LAFC coverage, even though I think they had like very good. Yeah. Patrick's thrown out a name in chat that I think we could talk about a little bit. Sure. Uh, Montana for Philadelphia. Sure. Three goals in his last two games. Um, the problem with Fontana is he's got three goals in his last two games, but in his last four games, he hasn't even tallied 90 minutes. Um, he's a guy that if he starts for Cincinnati, um, stash him on your bench. I, he's 4 million. Like he is, he's gotta be somebody that's gotta be talked about on the show. Yeah. If you're one of those players that throws everything into your team and doesn't build a bench, put Fontana on your bench. Like, you have no excuse not to put Fontana on your bench this week. He's $4 million. He's not going to cost you a thing. So throw him in there, see what happens. Um, if, you, if you're if you on the cusp, if you're if you're looking at a guy like Kay and a guy like Bassett, and you want to say, oh, no, I'd rather have Ladero this week. I'd rather get somebody bigger. Go ahead and upgrade one of them and throw Fontana on your bench. You're not going to be risking a whole lot. He's kind of got that super sub thing going right now. And he may start versus Cincinnati. I mean – three goals in two games he got 45 minutes in the last one when you're producing like he is coaches take notice and they have to give you a shot um he's he's a name to keep out there i just 
I overlooked him because I honestly didn't know he had three goals in two games. But I don't look at my 4-0 guys very often. And a 4-0 guy, if he starts, he's got to be in there. I just I would worry about him getting minutes, but it doesn't cost you anything to put him on your bench either. So he's definitely very, something to keep an eye on. And thank you, Patrick, for throwing him out there. Yeah, he's very similar to Galvan for Colorado, who has a goal and assist in his in the last three games. Uh, three two games ago, he got a goal. This week, he got an assist, but he's never played more than thirty six minutes in a game. So. Same kind of situation there, 6.4. I will, though, I will harken back. Remember, Cincinnati has not given up a goal at home yet. Yet. But we'll see Philadelphia's quality. Good to point out. Yes, thank you, Patrick. Good one to point out. Let's move on to forwards. Blaine. This was tough. There's really? a few names I want. Um, I've got Zardes in there still, but I want to see the lineup. I mean, how am I not going to have Zardes in there? That's an auto ad for you. I, yeah, it really is. It's just a set and forget type of thing. I do like that Cincinnati game. And I, I think they can do some damage to Toronto. Toronto hasn't been playing as well. I think, realistically, he is a viable option this week. Although I don't think he's a top three option. Um, I have uh, Diego Rossi. Um, that could be a hat trick for San Jose. Um, I'm not going to miss out on that. If he scores a hat trick on San Jose, like, I don't think – I think he's one of those guys that you've got Vancouver, you've got San Jose, you've got two good games. I think 90% of players will probably grab him because of his history. And I don't think you can afford to miss out if he goes off. So just set him in there and forget about it because, yeah. And then I like Diego Rubio this week. Um, again, Colorado versus San Jose – Kai Kamara is no longer with Colorado. That means Rubio is probably the premier guy. They've got some kids they throw up there too, but Rubio is your proven goal scorer in the league, um, and he can do some damage there. But the second game is another good one. Rubio's a speedy guy who likes to get in behind, and that's been an Achilles heel for Kansas City for the last two years, honestly. And he has a history of scoring goals against Kansas City, so I – I can't pass him up. I've got him on the bench this week. But I think he's a definite guy to keep an eye on. I think he's going to have a good game here. And I'm not going to miss out on that one if he's there. Mike. Um, yeah, so this was a tough tough week for me. But, I mean, I think in general the forwards this year have just been so much tougher than they usually are. Um I also went with Diego Rossi. Again, San Jose's defense has been really, really bad. Uh, I can't pass up that matchup. Um, And there were no Colorado forwards who I trusted. So, you know, tickets against the San Jose defense, uh, I went with Rossi. Uh, I'm almost going to stick with Prisbilko from uh, the Philadelphia Union. Um, Again, they have the matchup against Cincinnati. Uh, As you said, Philadelphia's quality, so I think they can get a goal uh, at Cincinnati. And generally, if you can get that first goal, I think send it open up. Uh, then they have a home game against Miami. Uh, I still have questions about Miami's defense, so I, I think there's some opportunities there. Then on the bench, I have Abobasi. Uh, Abobasi has been frustrating because he doesn't start every game, but generally in a double game week, he'll start one and come off the bench in the other one. But every time he starts, he's gotten either a goal or an assist. So at 6.6, I think where he is now, 
off a price. He's a really easy one to stash on the bench and see what happens. Sorry, just making a quick comment to chat. Uh, they they mentioned one of the names I was going to pitch out there as a thought. Uh, so currently right now I'm running three forwards. I kind of like picking forwards this week. I have uh, Shabilko, I have Rossi, and I have Rui Diaz. And uh, that's just... Rui Diaz is the one that's sort of on the bubble that, that could be, if I did ever want to move to a Ladero, I might make some, some changes there. But that's who I have right now uh, with my team. Some of that is... Uh, to see what happens in that Portland game, that's that's a huge rivalry, and I want to see what what happens there. Uh, one of the ones I was going to throw out, which has been mentioned in chat, which I was wondering if I was going to be the one to mention this or not, is Barrick with Chicago. Nine point four has two goals and one assist in his last two games. He gets decent minutes um, with uh, with Chicago. He's gone ninety twice, uh, including last week. But he's he's usually playing. Oh no, sorry, I didn't scroll it far enough. He I mean, he's a starter. He's He's got reliable minutes for what you can expect with Chicago, who are playing Houston, which, as we mentioned, some questionable defense there. And then in the second half of the week, they're playing against Atlanta, which, as we mentioned, are trash. And uh, <laughs> so I can't help but think of Guy Sanchez whenever I, I talk about, like, dumpster fire. That's what goes through my mind every time. Uh, but the, that was one that I was curious if anybody else was going to uh, to point out right there first of all i think we've said atlanta is trash so many times in this podcast i now expect them to win both games yeah no that's just gonna, that's just gonna happen uh it's it's just gonna it's just gonna work out for them they're gonna get a double hat trick is what's gonna happen so well, in each game they, double hat trick in each game so so two six point games mike we know they're gonna give up a few goals don't pick defenders against them and you get the best of both worlds. <laughs> I'm sure. The other name that throwing out there I've seen in chat as well is Bo. Uh, he's a name that's always a conversation because of bonus point generating ability. And of course, they're going against Montreal this week and then they play against DC. And you're probably mostly banking on that DC game. Uh, I mean, Montreal did just drop a whole bunch of points to Vancouver, but Montreal can be weird at times. And that's really all I'm going to go with. Sometimes Montreal is just like, well, we're going to get it together mostly. So. Um, and without uh, some of that uh, reliability that we've seen, I mean they they've got they've got win now, but just with some reliability struggles there with some of that production, uh, Bo might get some bonus points. He might not get a goal, but I he's he is always a player that um, uh, and he was off corner kicks last week. No, that's a good that's a good mention that chat pointed out there. Um, when he's yeah, making he, I mean, he, when he's getting bonus points, he's he's always a valid option. Yeah, he only got two points last week. His last few scores are three, four, five, and two. Um, and against the, one of those included an assist. So, I mean, he's two games running without any bonus points now. Well, then drop um, him like a bad habit. Yeah, I mean, he's 8.4, so he's cheap um, if you want to take that ticket into it. But, um, yeah, he hasn't been the bonus point producer that he was. Um, maybe Lee Wynn will create some goal scoring opportunities but it hadn't happened yet so i did not watch the last couple of new england games so that's it i stand by my statement when he generates bonus points he's always a name to consider but well i uh, watched his last game and it was terrible not like him specifically but everything about it was just awful all right uh before we talk about captains let's do our our new section the bench options the boomer bus players blaine do you have anybody for this category or have you already mentioned them I, I kind of already mentioned them. Um, 
this is not a good week for switcheroo just with the way the schedules line up. And so I think you run kind of a three, uh, three-man auto roo and pick your ones. Um, Rubio Ambassador on my bench. I think Colorado's got some goals in him, and I think those are kind of my boom and bust guys there. And then I've got Breck Shea on the bench as well. And that game's early enough where I could go grab an LAFC defender to replace him. I will see that score. And so that's kind of where I'm at, I think. But, no, I. if you're going to do it, your forwards are really your boom and bust. We've thrown, There's been a lot of names thrown out there. I think Shabot going and Barrett are both good. I just think this is an auto-roo week, and you try to throw the biggest boom-and-bust players you can find on the bench and hope for the best. Mike, do you have anybody? I mentioned Abobasi. I think he's probably the classic boom-and-bust because he's probably going to get one shot, uh, and then we'll see what happens after that. Um, I don't know if there's – I mean, we, we mentioned Morris last week. He's probably a classic – uh, player Seattle has a tougher slate of matchups, which is why we, we haven't picked as many Seattle players as we have in the past. Um, I, I mean, I can see honestly, um, one of the guys you mentioned from sh- Chicago, uh, either Dora and Rossi, uh, I think those would be good options. It's probably off the bench, they're a little bit cheaper. Uh, but if you have the, they're cheaper compared to who your starters are, but maybe more expensive for a bench. Uh, but if you have the money, I could see you going there. I've got a few more names to add. I love this section, so I'm trying to embrace it as best I can, <laughs> Andrew, for you. Um, Bunbury, I have it as a, as a player you can consider with New England. We were just talking about Bo. Bunbury has been getting some good, some goals and assists, some production right there. So that could be a guy you look at as a boomer bust bench player. Uh, Breck Shea, for me, Blaine, falls into this category to see what's going to happen, especially with Higuain coming in. Ola Kamara for DC. I know we all like to dish on DC and bet against DC, but Ola did get a goal last week so maybe there's some confidence there and uh, they got two two chances so who knows what could happen but Ola Kamara's there Akinola over with Toronto with Josie still struggling if he is back if he starts again perhaps there's an opportunity there with with Akinola and then don't know what's happening with Rodriguez that's that's some new information that we got right before the show started but I had Rodriguez on this list uh, because he's had some success but he's also not had some success so that that means boomer bust to me right there for my actual team what i have right now on my bench are two defenders i have tanner home on my bench uh, because new york city has had some struggles this year so i could see toronto getting something in and who knows maybe cincinnati decides they're not going to score from the corner but instead they're going to score from midfield i don't know what whatever happens or a, <laughs> a a a bicycle kick from midfield and they score that that's happens this week i don't know but i have oh. tanner home on the bench and and i have real on the bench right now two defenders Oh, I couldn't fit him in, but you, you said it with Rodriguez. Uh, if he is actually transferred out, I think that puts Bradley Wright Phillips in as one of your... Oh, yeah. No, that's a great that's a good bus. point. Nope, that's a good point. Just two, good, real, two really good matchups for him, but he sometimes comes off after 45 minutes. Right, so. yeah, that's he's a minutes thing. No, that's exactly right. Uh, so that's the names that I'm just throwing out there for potential boomer bus players. We've had some others that I think have been peppered throughout our, our recommendations or just our, our players to think about. Uh, but those are some players that I specifically put in this category of my mind. Captains. All right. Who are you guys thinking captains? Mike. I have it on Rossi right now. Okay. Um, mostly just for the Vancouver-San Jose matchup. Blaine? Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, Rossi's a guy that I think is going to go off this week and don't want to be without his points. Like, 
it's just this is one of those you've got to go with the crowd and i think the crowd's going to go with rossi i think this is just too juicy and if rossi only gives us a two out of both games uh whatever i think 90 percent of the community is going to go this way so it's not as big of a risk for me and i think he's going to go off and i just think it's this is like Valeri last week. This is one of those you want to have it and you don't want to miss out if he does go off. I, too, have Rossi. So we have a triple Rossi right here, uh, which thus guarantees that it will be a Bradley Wright Phillips hat trick. So that's what's going to happen right there. Uh, people, Multiple people have already mentioned Rossi in chat because you all cheated and talked about your forwards and your captains before the mm -hmm. forwards and captains section. Uh, but I know Rossi is is a, a pick. And yeah, you could play defensively this week and go with Rossi. I think the Rossi's probably the good option with these opportunities. And like like you guys were saying, it's it's a pick that a lot of people will go with. So if you miss it and somebody else does better, a lot of people are probably going to be in that same boat. So it will likely not hurt you too much if you are still trying to compete for one of those Champions League spots. All right, chat, uh, we're going to wrap up now. So if there's anything else, anybody else you want to mention or talk about, uh, let me know as we're winding this thing down. Guys, uh, thanks for your recommendations. Anything else you want to mention as we start to, to wrap this thing up? Blaine. Um, I still wish one of the ones I saw in MLS memes this week was real. Um, <laughs> I, I talked him up all show. I love Breck Shea. I, I've just been a fan of his left foot. But Gonzalo Higuain was, I'm pretty sure it's a fake quote, it's not the money or David Beckham. I joined Inter-Miami because I want—I always dreamed to play with Brexit. And I, I so wish that was real. Um, it just—it would have made my day if he had said that, even as a joke. But I just got to throw it out there. I think with all the talk about Brexit this week, I got to end on that note. Mike. I mean, I, I don't think I can top Breck Shea, so. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, I see nothing else from, from chat to talk about. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us tonight. I hope these uh, player recommendations and just all the names that we've thrown out help you navigate this this very congested double game week so that you can have fun. Overall, that's what I want to encourage you. Have fun, be it a head-to-head -head league that you're in, be it trying to... Uh, become the new number one fantasy player overall or your your team's league that you're in, whatever. I just hope you have fun. Visit the Discord chat, visit the Reddit, visit the website, mlsfantasyboss.com, r slash fantasymls. And of course, you can get to the Discord from mlsfantasyboss.com. Interact with us on Twitter. It's always fun. I love hearing about the stories that people have from the game weeks, their successes, their failures. It's a blast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone, tonight, and good luck. <laughs>